Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Hey gals, welcome back to another episode of Working Gals Guide. Thanks again for tuning in. Ah, today is such a good conversation that I had with Molly Elizabeth. Molly is a celebrity stylist. She's a fashion designer. She's a creative director. She has her own brand. She really has done so many things and get this, she's only 21. Yeah, crazy, right? So she actually started her career at 15 and in today's conversation, she does talk all about that how at 15 years old, she participated in her first fashion week, showing her own fashion line, which is crazy amazing. So from there, Molly actually went and participated at New York Fashion Week, LA Fashion Week, a bunch of different fashion weeks all over the US and some in Canada as well. She also was cast on Project Runway Junior Season 2, which is, again, amazing, amazing, amazing. We also talk about her experience there and some of the challenges of being on reality TV. So since those days, her teen years, um, Molly actually moved to LA. She went to college there. She did um, a little bit of studying in fashion design. And from there, she's also gone on to work with celebrities like the Chainsmokers. She's styled for their music videos, which is awesome. She's also styled for a bunch of other celebs as well. So we get into that. We also get into the fact that she's worked for companies like Revolve, doing design for them as well. So we talk about the nine to five life that she had at companies like Revolve, but then also the life of doing freelancing as well. We also go into the fact that she did a bit of unpaid work when she first started her career in LA and how that was beneficial and some tips that she has around that for anyone trying to get into the industry, maybe who's considering doing unpaid work, the type of unpaid work you should be doing and really knowing your value in the industry as well. So we do talk about so much in today's episode, but it's a great one. Molly is incredibly inspiring. Um, I can't wait for everyone to listen. So without further ado, here's today's episode. Hey, everyone. Hey, Molly. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited as well. You have the most inspiring story. And I know we were just chatting about this before I hit record, but you're so young. You've accomplished so much. I am just so excited to get inspired by you right now. Oh my gosh. No, I mean, you're doing great things yourself. So thank you. I'm so excited to be on here, talk about my story and talk to you. Of course, of course. Um, To start things off, if you don't mind just doing a quick intro about yourself, you can talk about absolutely anything. Um, Tell us where you're from, what you've done, what you're doing now. Yeah. So I'm 21 years old. Um, I live in Los Angeles, California. I moved around a lot as a kid but I'm thankful for it because it's kind of how I got my start in fashion. Um, I was just moved to Omaha, Nebraska when I was in middle school, I think. And they had a local fashion week there, which is actually like the top fashion week in the Midwest. And like, one, I think in the top five of the whole nation, which is kind of crazy. That is Omaha, crazy. Nebraska. I had no idea. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Like people from the creator of New York fashion week attends, like it's, it's pretty insane that you, that would be there. So yeah. that's kind of where yeah. I got my start in fashion when I was in high school, I was like, Oh my God, I want to be a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. So that was where I got my start in this whole like crazy world of fashion. Um, and flash forward a couple of years, I was on Project Runway Junior season two. Um, and now I live in Los Angeles. Like I said, I attended the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising um, for fashion design. And I worked as a fashion designer for Page and Revolve and um, do some freelance stuff for Set Active, a couple other brands. But now I really moved into the world of styling because being on that show, I really fell in love almost more in fashion with the whole world of like the entertainment industry um and it kind of fascinated me so I moved into kind of creative direction styling directing music videos styling the music videos and I also do acting and real estate and graphic design branding so I kind of do a bunch of creative things and mm-hmm. whatever kind of you know going on for the month but mm-hmm. I kind of moved out of fashion design and kind of fallen in love more with um styling and creative directing so amazing amazing I love your story it's honestly so cool we're gonna have to get to everything that you talked about yeah um but to start with I'm so curious so being from Nebraska that's kind of where you got your start in fashion you said you applied to some fashion shows like where did you get the motivation and confidence at you know such a young age you must have been in high school right so So, where did you get that yeah where did you get that from that you really wanted to go out and put yourself out there and apply When I was in elementary school, I was from Louisville, Kentucky, and I went to this, um, this like private art school had the summer camp and I grew up going to like a very art based school anyway. So like creativity was always like something, you know, on my mind and kind of being, you know, pushed on me at a young age, Mm -hmm. but like in a good way. Um, so that's really cool. And I went to summer camps all summer long because both my parents worked and I always went to these art camps and I went this fashion design camp and it was so cool because we got to like make these clothes from scratch and that's kind of where I fell in love with fashion um so from a young age I was always like I want to do fashion and interior design Mm -hmm. um and then I moved to Omaha Nebraska in sixth grade from my parents job and they I well I was going to this school there was a public school like nothing really to do with art and you know creativity like before but there was this girl in my class I was in this home at class and she walked in and she was like wearing like the coolest outfit ever and my home at class happened to like be also my study room class so I was like in that room all day long um for a variety of classes and okay. you know you, I didn't have a full schedule so mm-hmm this girl walked in and she was carrying a bunch of dresses and she's like, I have a fashion show um, on the Eiffel Tower next week. This is like a high schooler. On the Eiffel Tower? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And she was like asking the teacher, the sewing teacher, if she could use the room. I was like, what? 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 So I looked her up and apparently she was like the youngest designer in the U.S. who is doing like one of the first shows on the Eiffel Tower, like the first American ever. And she's like this full-fledged fashion designer showed at New York Fashion Week and she went to my school in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah, her, name, her name's Kate Walls. Now she like is doing designing for NASA and stuff. It's crazy. Wow. So okay. she's the one who inspired me. She did Omaha Fashion Week and I was like, you know what? I know how to sew a little for my background. I'm okay. just going to audition for Omaha Fashion Week. It happened to be like a month away, the auditioning process. So I told the sewing teacher and I was like, can you teach me how to sew? Okay. 
because I knew the basics. I had sewing machines, but you know, I didn't know that much. So I kind of went into the audition. Um, I prepared a ton, but I didn't know how to make a whole collection, but it was just like a goal I had. So I auditioned and it was just kind of like, it happened so fast, but I, I guess in a way I like wanted to be just like her, but she inspired mm -hmm. me so much because she was doing something so different than anyone I ever knew. Mm -hmm. And it was just so cool. And it like inspired me. And you know, I, I don't know, it's just that day yeah. seeing her do that. Like, I was like, I want to do that. And Absolutely. I never kind of looked back and I put all my energy and effort into it. And I went to the audition and I thought I did terrible and I walked out of there bawling. Oh, no. And then I was like, mom, I did not get that. Like they were so mean to me. They were like, they treated me like, you know, an adult. Yeah. For sure. I wasn't used to that because I never had that type of criticism. And then I looked up online and Kansas City Fashion Week was hosting auditions the next week. So I looked that up and was like, oh my God, mom, we have to go to this. Okay. So we went and they were so nice and they like were obsessed with me because they didn't really have a lot of kids doing, you know, Kansas City Fashion Week. So, and then I figured out the next week I got into both. Okay. So Amazing. That's where it all started and it kind of became my life. Wow. So, yeah. And, and I kind of just, the confidence came from, you know, seeing this girl doing this and being like, if she can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's a good lesson for anyone. I mean, even if you don't know someone within your hometown or your school, just looking around at other people oh around God. you doing big things. We're so blessed with social media right now. I think in the internet in general, it's like you can read someone's story and get inspired in like a heartbeat. It's crazy. And I um, think something else that is so important that even I need to remind myself now is like, don't wait until you're like perfect at something to get started. Mm -hmm. Like, even now, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to start a YouTube channel, but I don't have enough, you know, editing yeah. skills enough this. Or, like, I'm not going to do this until I have this and this and this accomplished. Mm -hmm. But literally, I knew nothing, and I just went for it and kind of, like, I didn't fake my way, but, you know, I, like, was like, oh, yeah, I can do all this. I can do all this. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God, how am I going to figure this out? Yeah. But sometimes that's the best way to learn is just immerse yourself in something and kind of, mm -hmm. you know – fake it till you make it. It's true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I 100% believe that as well. I think it's exactly like you said, it's better to learn on the job or during your project than, you know, yeah. doing all this theoretical work because as much as that does help to have that foundation and theoretical knowledge, it's not the same as actually going in and doing it. And that's where you really put yourself on the line. You really learn so much. So, I mean, again, amazing for you. I'm so like, I'm just so inspired by your story. That's amazing. Um, I look back on that and I'm like, I need to like follow my 15 year old self. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's like the good thing about being young though. It's like, you don't think through it. Right. You just like go and do things. To lose. It's not yeah. like you pay rent and you're like, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We all need that spontaneous, like 15 year old self. Like we all I need know. that again. <laughs> I think you can do anything, you know, cause now you're Absolutely. like, oh, I can't do that. Cause I didn't go to college for that. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it seems like your parents were extremely supportive. They obviously like took you to auditions. They must've had to drive you around at the age of 15. Um, but yeah, were your parents in fashion or was this a completely new world for your entire family? Yeah, no, my parents are not in fashion. My mom literally like will buy clothes at Walmart. Like she doesn't care. She mm -hmm. is completely like in outdoors and horses. I kind of grew up on like a horse farm she could care nothing about fashion mm -hmm. Same with my dad. So my grandma um, knew a lot how to sew, okay. but I was always like the fashion one in the family. 
and being an annoying one that would take forever to get ready. And my mom would always be like, it's not a fashion show or, you know, going to run errands. Yeah. And you're like, just wait one day. It will be a fashion show. (laughs) Exactly. So no, but my mom was always super supportive in everything I was doing. And she literally like was the one that found out about Kansas City Fashion Week. I didn't even know. I was just so mad that she did all that research that one night. So you know, they were, mm-hmm. they were super supportive. My dad kind of just was like, what's going on? What is mm-hmm. it? Are you sure you want to do this? But he was still supportive, but he was like, kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. be careful. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, that makes sense. It's nice that they're so supportive though. I mean, that's so nice to have that, I guess, yeah, like, like encouragement. You can't do it otherwise if you're a minor and your parents don't want to, you know, do yeah. all those things. You can't do it. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome. Um, so how old were you when you actually went to audition for Project Runway Junior? Was that something you applied for or did they come to you after you've been in all these different fashion shows? Yeah, so I followed um, Mood Fabrics on Instagram and they um, promoted about it that they were casting for the first season. And then I got an email from them. So I was like, I remember I was sitting at this pizza place. I still remember it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this would be so cool. So I texted that girl about it. The one that like inspired oh, yeah. me. We kind of mm-hmm. became friends a little bit. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, I really, really, really want to do this. And I told my mom and like, I kind of went full into it, um, contacted the casting company, did all these audition rounds. Um, and we flew out to LA, went to Fitum. I got to like the semi-finals round of like the top 20 people. And then the casting company passes it on to the network and they kind of like narrow it down to the top 10. So, and then I didn't get on the first season and I was like set, I was going to, but, um, I had only been sewing for a year at that time, but, um, I made such a good connection with the casting company and they loved Mm -hmm. me and I loved them. And they were almost like a family at this point. So I, you know, kept pushing over the next year. That was like my whole goal for the next year. And that's when I did LA Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, Vancouver Fashion Week, and just made design my entire life. And then the next year, you know, when time came around at the casting company, I talked to them and they were like, we'll put you straight through to like, you know, the Los Angeles round. So I flew out to LA and got on the second season, but it was so stressful because I saw these people that I was like, oh my God. They don't even know how to sew a zipper and they got on the first season. I was like so mad. Right. um, No, now I'm really thankful. You know, Mm -hmm. I got on the second season because I was very unexperienced, you know. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know a lot. So I'm kind of glad. But I didn't even get on the first season. So no. Yeah. But still, I mean, I guess having that year gap gave you time to develop yourself and really build yourself up. And, And, you know, you probably went in a lot better that second season. And, you know, it bummed me out a lot, but I also realized a couple of things. Like I was really shy and mm-hmm. you can't really have that personality for a TV show. So the second time around the casting company was like, you need to be like, you know, this kind of like put on, you know, this persona, be like over the yeah. top. You're, mm-hmm. you know, Cause I was so shy the first round. They're like, you're not going to get on if, you know, you just like talk regular, like you're just like talking to your yeah. mom. They're like, no, you've got to like be an interesting character because you know it's it's tv yeah so for sure yeah exactly just, who's the yeah. best designer it's not that mm-hmm. it's you know it needs to be a good tv show I totally did not think about that but that's entirely true like it's a show that people watch yes because they enjoy fashion but also like someone like myself who's not in fashion whatsoever oh, yeah. like that's not like what I pursued at school I'm not doing it now but I watch it for entertainment purposes. So it's like, yeah, you have to be a good and you personality. Need like a variety of people, you know, a certain mm-hmm. number of guys, a certain number of girls, you know, like yeah. you 
like diversity in the cast. So there's a lot of things that go behind it. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when auditioning for the first season, I didn't even think about that. And it made me like super bummed, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's not just a fashion show. It's so much more than that. It's, you know, mm-hmm. an entirely different industry. Yeah, for sure. And what would you say is the biggest challenge that you experienced on being like in a, in a reality show, essentially doing an experience like that? Realizing that it is a TV show. Yeah. So, and you know, it's, it was frustrating because, mm-hmm. you know, there were times when I was like, it just didn't make sense to me because mm-hmm. I would put out something really poorly done and they would love it. And I put out something amazing and they would hate it. Um, and you know, some people would hot glue a zipper in and they would love it. And I was like, that's not fair. It's not perfectly sewn, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's a TV show and you know, they got to make good TV. And sometimes it's not really about, you know, who's the technical best. sewer, who's the technical best designer, you know, it's about who you are as a person and you know, your entire image and well, are you doing something different? Yeah, for sure. It's just so much different than being in fashion weeks. And that's kind of what I thought of it as mm-hmm. um, going into it. So I faced so much criticism on the show and it was like very intense experience um, because they would be like, you know, this is terrible. We hate this. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, what? I've only had people being like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're 15 yeah. years old. You're so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so exactly. facing criticism on something you make is like very hard. Oh but. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that t- makes, in, you know, total sense. You're being, you're so young at that point that, I mean, you've had teachers, you had parents, you probably yeah. have friends building you up at that point. And I think especially being so new to that world, like you must've only been like celebrated for being so young and being able to accomplish so much. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So, but then you have to realize too, like, you know, it's, that's the real world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these people have made it in fashion for a reason. And everyone, mm-hmm. the thing that it's taught me is fashion is so subjective. You know, someone might hate, I mean, one day the judges would, half the judges would love it, half the judges would hate it and would leave me being like, what did I do mm-hmm. wrong? But sometimes you don't do anything wrong. And, you know, sometimes they're not looking for, oh, what pieces made the best they're looking at what's the craziest thing what's the most innovative thing they don't even care about that so it was just you kind of didn't know what you were doing going into it and it was such a like go along with the ride experience um but it was definitely like it was the best couple months of my life and like Mm -hmm. also the worst couple months of my life for sure and I mean when you were there were your parents with you because you were considered a minor or were you yeah my mom was with me the whole time she had to stay on set she also had to have a microphone or like a little mic pack attached to me so she could hear everything I was saying the whole time oh cool so it was interesting you don't want your mom to just hear everything you say all day yeah yeah um (laughs) yeah it was funny so they legally as a guardian they have to be able to see or hear you the whole time you're on set interesting Uh, luckily though my mom um kind of well her company like um when we moved to Colorado she kind of like didn't work with a company anymore so Mm -hmm. she was able to like do whatever you know to help me which was really nice no yeah that's awesome and that was taking place in LA or New York so the filming was taking place in New York and then the finale filmed in LA oh cool Um, yeah yeah and then for yourself, I know you eventually moved to LA and you're living there now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but what made you want to pursue LA over New York? Yeah. So I fell in love with New York City while filming there. I spent so much time there over mm-hmm. that couple of years of doing fashion. 
um, especially Brooklyn. That's where we stayed. I love Brooklyn, um, like Williamsburg and all that. It's just because we spent so much time, you know, just walking around the neighborhoods and everything. Yeah. But um, I had a lot of friends in LA and someone I was dating at scholarships to fit them. And for me, I didn't really want to make college my entire life. I kind of was, I, I was such a school person, but for me, like college kind of was not like it, not a good fit for me. So I didn't really want to go to a four-year school. Um, I was okay for a lot of my college. So I didn't want to be like wrapped up having a creative career in a bunch of, you know, student loans. So yeah. it, it just, everything kind of pointed to LA. It just made sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, right now you said you're doing a lot of styling. You like that entertainment world. Is that possible in New York or is that only something that's really massive in LA? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely possible in New York. I mean, there's tons of productions, music mm-hmm. videos, TV filmings. I think it's going to be different. It's probably easier in LA, but yeah. um, I think that's kind of the fashion industry here is it's yeah. more the entertainment world. So it's kind of where fashion, you know, took me. Um, yeah, for sure. I haven't even actually sewed anything in like a year. I thought about that yesterday. I'm like, I don't even sew anymore. I really don't. Okay, which I yeah. always kind of feel guilty about because I look back on everyone like on the show and they're still doing that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I still am working with my fashion brand doing things like that. But I think it's okay because I was young. And while, you know, I love fashion design and I always will, at the end of the day, my favorite part of it was like, styling the looks together and building a company and for me I feel like I'm more of that like business-minded person yeah Um, for sure so you know it kind of led me to the path of what I love and it still gave me a lot of the opportunities but Mm -hmm. um you know it was kind of me at 15 but I don't really you know necessarily do specifically like collections and all that anymore Um, but you know, I've fallen in love with a new part of the industry. So amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about all of our careers, I think, is that it's going to evolve over time. And you know, what you start off doing in right after college, for example, or even during high school, it's not necessarily what you're going to be doing in 20 years. And exactly. um, And it doesn't have to be, you Mm -hmm. know, you kind of feel like, oh my God, I have to do this because I spent so much time into this, but now I am still working in the industry Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's so many other cool parts of it and why not do, you know, what you love. If you find something you love better, why not, you know, do that? Mm Because if it's going to be your job, you better Love yeah, it. exactly. And I, exactly, exactly. And you're exploring so many new cool things. And, you know, eventually you're going to figure out exactly what you want to do and pursue. Exactly. And you're, again, so young being 21. Yeah. You have, you know, the world is your oh, oyster yeah. at this point. Exactly. Yeah. People always tell me, like, choose one thing and stick to it, which I think is so important. Mm-hmm. But I think so many different things can take off at a young age. So I don't think, like, you know, you, you don't have to pick one thing because no. Honestly, like there's so much time in the day. And now that I work like freelance, I do so I have like 10 different jobs, but there's time for it all. And you know, one month, I'll be doing a ton of styling. But thank God, I'm not just a full time stylist, because that's not really possible right now. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's, it's just doing different things. And for me, fashion design was so fun, but doing it full time for a company wasn't really something I liked because it right. took away all the creativity and fun out of it. So when thinking about, you know, what am I going to do to actually make money? 
Um, you know, I do want to build my fashion line, but I don't want to work for someone else. So you kind of have to think of it, you know, when you get older, what can you do in a realistic standpoint? Yeah, for sure. I think you can balance so many careers. Like I think, oh yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think you have to choose just one thing. And a lot of my careers are, you know, a hobby that turn into a career. And, you know, maybe I just do two styling gigs a month and I don't do it every single day, but you know, I can put my time and energy in those projects and balance it with other things. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's actually smarter to have multiple different things that you're doing and multiple different things in your portfolio because A, you're expanding your horizons, you're making new connections, but you're also developing your skills in these different subsets. And of course, they're going to feed into one another, especially being within the same industry. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, um, music videos, you know, if so, if an artist comes to me and needs it creative directed, styled, produced, I can do all those things. And, you know, they're def- they're technically three different careers, but, you know, you can kind of offer the whole package. Yeah. So. Triple threat. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And speaking of styling music videos, so I know you did one with the chain smokers, which is um, drop dead amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, what was that experience like? So how did you get in contact with them or did they contact you? And yeah. um, so that yeah. was the first music video I ever styled, which is kind of funny because I started out with something so big. Yeah. Um, but honestly, it was just kind of luck. Um, the photographer I knew, videographer for that, um, needed someone to help creative direct and style it. And I just came up with, I was like, you know what? Like they couldn't really think of ideas for the music video. So I was like, I have these ideas, sent them a mood board. And literally the night before we were like going around the like literally H&M and random places finding all the clothes. And like the styling was very basic for the music video, but it was kind of like, you know, thinking of it as the full idea behind it. Um, and a lot of like the props we sourced for it and everything, it was like a day or two prep. So it was very last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of opened my eyes up to like, wow, I love style and creative direction. And from there, I got a lot of connections from that. So a girl who wrote one of their songs um, reached out to me and wanted me to style this music video. And it was a music video with these two guys called NOTD. Mm-hmm. So then I ended up doing a ton of work for those guys and then styling their whole concert tour um, with Zed. And then, so it's like that big experience kind of, you know, helped me, um, lead into something else. And honestly, it was just me offering, I didn't get paid to help the Chainsmokers music video, Mm -hmm. but it was so like such a cool experience that, you know, it got me so many paying opportunities. So yeah, that was really cool. And it kind of started my whole career in that. And it was just me wanting to help out, Um, and you know, I kind of then took control of the project and it was, yeah, like one of the best decisions I've ever made for sure. That's interesting. So would you recommend to do unpaid work if you're maybe in like a creative industry or doing fashion like yourself? Like, is that a good idea? Is that something that people typically do is start off by doing unpaid work? Um, I think in certain careers, it's important, like for styling, I don't really know how a lot of stylists get started, but for me, that's how I've gotten all my opportunities Mm-hmm. is with photographers that, you know, they say, I, I knew this photographer that had a ton of like connections working with people that had like, you know, a couple million followers. So I would just go and like spend a couple hundred and style them for free. But that at the time, you know, I wasn't really thinking of it as, you know, a career It was kind of just something fun I did. Um, and same with the chain smokers thing it was kind of just something fun. And then it led into like, all my paying jobs. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think it's important, but I also think don't get taken advantage of. 
Um, and you know, if people are contacting you, wanting you to do all this stuff for free, if Mm -hmm. the networking opportunity is worth it, do it, but you do have to be smart about it. Um, as like, I don't know, as bad as it sounds, if the person has a ton of followers and the production is really big, it can be worth it. But if it's, you know, and if the person you're working with has a lot of connections, like do it because at the end of the day, you're investing in your career and it's just like going to college, investing in your career, you know, sometimes you have to spend money to make money. Um, and I just say at the end of the day, you know, make sure there is going to be something coming out of it if you're doing it for free, because it's Mm -hmm. your job and, you know, do fun stuff with your friends, collaborate with people, but also, yeah, don't get taken advantage of. Yeah. Look out for yourself as well. It's a good balance for sure. And I mean, I think it probably takes time to figure out like, these are the kind of people that I want to be working for and maybe doing some of the unpaid work and, you know, it's trial and error sometimes as well, but definitely some good tips on that. Um, But yeah, speaking of social media, has that impacted your career in any way? Um, You know, I know social media is huge right now. I've looked at your socials. It's incredible, but how has it impacted you? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of like have loved social media from a young age and Project Runway was really cool because it helped me, you know, build a big following. Well, I mean, not big for LA standards, but you know, more than like a thousand Mm -hmm. followers. And it's gotten me a lot of opportunities. And I think social media is like really great in some ways because, you know, having followers gets you a lot of opportunities. It makes you more reputable, but then, you know, it's annoying sometimes because you see these people with like hundred thousand, you're like, how do they get it when you spend so much time on social media and you just can't get there. But I think at the end of the day, it's like a great supplement to whatever you're doing and help promoting yourself. And, you know, it's just another source of networking. I've met so many people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and gotten cool opportunities. Like when I was 15, I made, I gave this shirt to Sabrina Carpenter at a concert and then oh. she tagged, she tagged me on Instagram and I got like 9,000 followers overnight. And I was like, Oh my God, what is this? Like, it was insane. That's so crazy. So wow. it's gotten me like, and then like a lot of cool people reached out to me from that. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just a great way to network. I've gotten so many business opportunities from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it has its, you know, negative aspects and, you know, there's some days where I'm just like, oh, I'm so fed up with Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, um, it's a great networking platform. It really is. It's a great way to reach out to people, especially if you're styling, you know, reach out to people that have giant followers and maybe someone will get back to you and, you know, want to work with you. So it's really, it's it's a cool thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's like you said, sometimes you are going to reach out and they may or may not get back to you. I mean, even like me doing this podcast right now, like I yeah. reach out to people and not everyone gets back, but yeah. you know, even if one gem gets the back worst to you, that happens, they just don't respond, which yeah. is what's already happening. So yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, the yeah. worst thing is they read it and don't respond, but like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I know sometimes I'm like, it's fine. I don't even know them in real life. It's okay. Whatever. <laughs> I know. And then you look back and you're like starting to think all these things in my mind like oh my god they hate me they don't like what I'm doing yes yeah all the times that I've opened something and then like been like oh my god I need to reply and then you just forget forget yeah yeah exactly it's yeah it's funny I know it's like a moment of embarrassment but it's fleeting it's fine (laughs) it it really is so true yeah um I do want to talk a bit about the fact that um you did transition from doing design work for again companies like Revolve and then now you're doing your own work more so freelancing so what made you really want to transition out of that nine to five and then go into working for yourself primarily? 
I did it for about six months and I hated it. Um, I hated just being in an office all day and someone else being forced to tell me what to do every second of the day. Because for me, I'm so much more productive, like working weird hours, watching TV while working. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) While working. I just, I can't work in that environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, short term, yes, but it just, it wasn't like me. It was making me so unhappy. Oh, I, that's like the best decision I ever made. Mm -hmm. Um, the freelance world is a lot scarier because, you know, you don't have a guaranteed paycheck, but it's so much more worth it. And, you know, there's a lot more opportunities to make money. Even if you're scared about making money, there's a lot more opportunities. And I think long-term, it's such a better investment in yourself. Um, I don't think it's bad working for a nine to five if it makes you happy, but it just was not for me. No, so, that's fair. And I that's can do totally so, fair. Like I was having to like, beg my boss and like lie about doctor's appointments to do styling gigs so it was like Mm. hurting my career right because I couldn't do all these other cool opportunities and I would have to like make up oh my god I have another doctor's appointment because you can't be Mm. like oh I'm styling a music video they're gonna be like wow yeah exactly so it just it was kind of hurting my career and the money wasn't good enough for Mm -hmm. how it's making me feel mentally No. Yeah. That's, I mean, good for you, first of all, for being able to step out of that and realize, you know, being self-aware that, Hey, this isn't for me, that maybe I can pursue my own thing and thrive there. That's awesome. Cause I don't feel like everyone has that opportunity to step back and kind of see the bigger picture and realize that it's maybe not the best place for them. So yeah, good for you. If Mm -hmm. you're unhappy and you need it for money, you know, start doing stuff outside of work hours and take days off if you have to and kind of, you know, just start that other freelance, you know, world as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be really hard while working a job, but it's, you know, so much better, so much better. But I know some people who love a nine to five, um, have a great work environment, but I just, I didn't click with the people there. I just, it didn't work for me because, you know, that was like their entire life was the nine to five and they loved it and they put everything into that company. And for me, I just, I can't do that because, you know, I have so many goals and career goals and it's just like, I felt like I was kind of giving up everything I wanted to do for another company. Yeah, for sure. No, that, that's, that makes total sense. And are you a goal setter? Like, do you write out your goals or do you just think about them? Are you into manis- manifestation? Like how do you actually go ahead and set out your goals? So I made like a YouTube video last year about manifestation and that's kind of where I found out about it because my boyfriend's mom got me super into it Mm. and it became like this huge trend last year. And I do think, you know, it's such a cool thing. There's this YouTuber, Renee Amberg, that I used to watch and she was super into it. And it's funny because now she's like so kind of against it. Oh, really? And yeah, so it's kind of funny, but I definitely think it is a really important thing um, to kind of manifest your goals, write them out. But I do think you can't just, you know, write out on a piece of paper and just kind of go along with your life and not have the work ethic and build the steps to it. Um, and if something doesn't happen that you manifest, like if you're like, I want this by a certain day, it really like makes you be like, oh my gosh, this doesn't work. But I think it's all about, you know, positive mindset and working hard, you know, is going to bring results. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that whole, like, oh my God, if I write it down every day, it's going to happen Mm -hmm. because in reality, you have to have a work ethic, but I don't think it hurts. And I think it reminds you of your goals and your aspirations. I'm definitely a goal setter. 
Um, even daily, I write down like my goals throughout the day. Um, but I think, you know, it kind of helps you set aside like where you want your life to be. And if you, you know, kind of plan for it and put down goals and I'll, sometimes I'll look back because I used to write down like manifestations every day. Honestly, I don't do it anymore yeah. at all. Um, which maybe I should, but I look back and a lot of those things I have achieved and some of them I haven't, but I definitely think there is that whole mindset of believing in yourself and believing in something that it can happen is going to make it a lot more likely to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think sometimes those goals are really overwhelming though, because you're like, where do I start? But Mm -hmm. something I like to think about is, you know, what can I do today to get one step closer to the goal where I want to be. Yeah. Um, that's really helped me in manifesting like small little steps. Um, so I'm like a very short-term goal setter because long-term is just too overwhelming for me. Like, you know, I definitely love to do acting, but I'm not going to put like, oh my gosh, I want a lead in a TV show. But, you know, maybe today I'll be like, I'm going to apply to six things and talk to my agent and, you know, what can I do today? Um, for styling, you know, I want to style a big music video. Well, how do you do that? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just overwhelming. So just setting a goal, what can I do today? Okay. Reach out to, you know, 10 artist managers and probably none of them will get back, but maybe one will. And it's just those little, little goals that I've noticed have created a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. It's small steps forward all the time, yeah. small steps to that bigger yeah. goal. And it's like you said, you have to combine those goals that you're setting for yourself with the actual hustle and get it done. Um, because I think so many people think manifestation is writing, you know, I want a Lamborghini Mm -hmm. on a piece of paper and it's going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. you have to work for it, but I think it's a great way to put your mindset into what you want. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you said earlier, um, in the conversation, but there's so many hours in a day, you do have the time to pack in multiple different projects, multiple different things. You can be working on all your different projects within a single day and hustle for all of those. I mean, it's possible. You just need to be determined and have the motivation to do so. It's so true. It's so true. And I think, you know, you just can't take everything too seriously and be so stressed about hitting one career goal and just kind of having fun with everything, you know, doing absolutely like to do on the side, you Mm -hmm. know, in combination with your actual career. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And um, I did want to talk about your brand as well, because I know you just started it not too long ago, which is amazing. Um, I've looked at the pieces that you have and I'm obsessed. I love it. (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. That makes me so happy. Yeah. But I think it's so cool that you're able to combine your passion for fashion, but then also the business side of it as well, because, you know, you can't just be an amazing, um, designer or, you know, in, in that realm, you just can't have that skill set only to run your own brand. You of course have to have the management side, the admin side, the marketing side, all of that as well. So how are you able to gain those skills? I see all these project runway designers that are like still just sewing in their bedroom and showing collections at fashion weeks. And I'm like, that's great, but that's not what I want to do. I want to like create an actual company. And for me, that's my favorite part, Um, you know, and getting stuff manufactured and developed and not me sitting there at a sewing machine sewing, because that's not my favorite part. That's my least favorite part is actually physically sewing. I love the designing part. I love the branding, um, creating a company. 
So for me, that was kind of like where I always wanted to go with fashion. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I've, my dad was an entrepreneur. It's kind of always just been something I've wanted to do, um, from a young age. And I think it's just something that I've had a passion for. And I, you know, see so many cool young people creating companies and it's something that's so possible and so many people are doing, and there's so many great resources out there if you don't know how to do anything, you know? So it's, yeah, it's not like my full time efforts, but it's a side project that I love to do and something I want to focus on in the next couple of years. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get that going more. But then I'm like, okay, I'm 21. Like I have time to invest in that later on. And it's something I kind of just do for fun on the side right now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I've looked at it, of course. And again, like I love the design. I love the branding around it as well. I think it's just put together so, so well and cohesively. That. So nice. Yeah. So nice. Of course. Yeah. Of course. No worries. And I think I will be buying the cute dress you have with oh like God. the white with the white tie. Um, yeah. I'm obsessed with it. It's exactly my style, by the way. Oh my so God. I, I love buying. it. That dress, I actually made the first design because I got a call. I was in um, Kentucky over Christmas break and I got a call that they wanted me to be on the Harry Connick Jr. show like two days from now. And they're like, we need a design from you to bring on the show. And I was like, I'm in Kentucky. I don't have any of my designs. This was like a year and a half ago, two years yeah. ago. So they're like, well, make something tonight. So I went to Joanne's and got like this random fabric and just made that dress in like four hours. Um, It was like, you know, not made perfectly. And I just did it really randomly. And then it became like my favorite dress ever. And then I got to manufacture it, which was really cool. And it was something so last minute. And I didn't even know what I was making at the time. I was just like, oh, put this together, put this yeah. together. And I still have the original one I made in my closet. Oh, nice. 90% of my clothes I've made, I just sold. Okay. Um, just because, you know, I, I made them and I wanted to put them out there. And I wasn't too sentimental about them. But like mm-hmm. that dress, I have like six mm-hmm. of them in my closet. Like manufactured yeah. ones, ones I made again, like hand sewed yeah. again. And I just, I love that dress. It's, it's Plus you wore it when you met Harry Connick Jr. So, I mean, true. you have to keep it's it. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, it's a, it's a stunning piece for sure. Um, but on the topic of celebrity, um, last question before we wrap it up. Who's the coolest celebrity that you've run into because of your work? Let's see. I mean, hmm. tough question. <laughs> no, that's hard. Oh my gosh. I feel like I need to like go to Instagram and think, well, the coolest thing was like seeing Sabrina Carpenter mm-hmm. post my shirt because like at the time I was such, you know, I was like 15. I was such a big fan of her and I was like, oh my God, she actually wore my shirt and tagged me in it. I commented on the photo and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the one that gave you the shirt. She wore it so many times and oh my gosh, saw yeah. that comment and tagged me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. But I think it is cool. Like celebrities I've followed, like than working with them is like craziest. I mean, the chain smokers was really cool. Um, I mean, I never like realized how many, I never was like, Oh my God, I'm a chain smokers fan. And then I realized how many other songs I like knew and loved, but gosh, I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so hard. Yeah, no. And I think one day, P.S., by the way, I think you're going to be a celebrity in yourself. I think (laughs) one day people are going to be saying your name when we ask who's the coolest celeb you've met. So (laughs) stay tuned for that one. Um, But yeah, so before we do, um, you know, say bye, where can people find you, your Instagram? Um, I know as well, you're starting your own podcast soon, which is awesome. Yeah. So Um, I actually launched a podcast in January and then a production company reached out to me and was like, we want to like revamp this under our production company. Mm -hmm. So I'm coming out with like a full 
full-fledged fashion podcast. And instead of kind of being about my life, the podcast is us interviewing fashion people about their careers and where they got to where they are today. Mm -hmm. So it's called Almost There. And it's kind of under the concept of like, okay, I know I want to do this career, but what do I do next? So Mm -hmm. the first episode is us actually interviewing like the costume designer from Hannah Montana and things like that. So it's going to be very cool. And I've learned so much from interviewing people on it. Um, but you can, I would just say, follow me on Instagram at Molly Elizabeth designs and all my links are there. You can find anything else from my Instagram. Awesome. Sounds good. And I'll put it all in the show notes, by the way, for anyone listening. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this. It was so nice to chat. And if you're so cool and I just love your entire like bubbly positive personality. Thank you so much. And by the way, if you're ever in Vancouver, whether it be for a fashion week or anything yes. whatsoever, just oh let me God. know. Um, cause I live here, so I will take you around again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We definitely appreciate that. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Working Gals Guide. Until next time. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.